everyone. Welcome back to the Thoughts of Faith podcast. My name is Faith Ann, and I am um, a Christian life coach just seeking to help you live in faith. And today we have um, our wonderful guest, Shell Odom, joining us on the podcast. And why I brought Shell on was because she just lives in super um, rawness and authenticity in the way that she is on social media and the way that she shares her life, her ups and her downs, um, her struggles, and then times when she's on the mountaintop. So, and she knows that the Lord is with her every step of the way. And I have a feeling that she is going to drop some bombs on today's podcast. So Shell, thanks for being here. And for those that um, need to know like one thing about you here, just as we get started, what would you want like one thing for people to know about you? That is so good. Um, One thing. I would probably say I am really, 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 really passionate about discipleship. Yeah. It's like the one thing all the time. It never feels like work. It never gets old. It's always on my mind. It's the one thing I'm always innovating about. It's my baby. Discipleship, discipleship, discipleship is my thing. <laughs> oh, I was reading uh, a book today for our premarital counseling, actually called Forever You and Me by Francis Chan. Mm-hmm. And okay. and it talks about how like our mission in life should be discipleship. Yeah. Like, creating disciples like first and foremost. Yep. And if that's not top of mind, then it should be right. Like change something so that it is. Um, and you can clearly see that so evidently in your life show how you just like live for it. And I love being able to see that and like support you and cheer you on in that. Um, whenever you think about a radical relationship, what is that to you? Like, how would you define that? Yeah. So a radical relationship is the nonprofit that my husband and I lead together. And the mission of it is to empower men and women to go deeper in four key areas. Those key areas being your relationship with God, your relationship with yourself, your relationship with others, and then your calling, but specifically through self-examination first. So uh, the radical in a radical relationship is really just about getting back to the basics of following Christ, (laughs) honestly, just back to the basics. But the basics are radical when, you know, you're leaving everything that, you know, and choosing to follow Christ and making him Lord of your Lord of your life in every single area. That's radical when the world looks at certain decisions that you're making and it doesn't make sense to them because it's so countercultural. That's radical. And so that's what I think about when when I think about a radical relationship and what I would want people to know and recognize the brand for Mm -hmm. is just man, like anybody associated with them that mission or tapped in with that nonprofit is really just getting back to the basics of having Jesus be Lord of our lives. And in that allowing that to inform our relationship with God, our relationship with ourselves, our relationship with others and the calling that we're pursuing. That's good. And and highlighting that one key area, right, relationship with others. Um, mm-hmm. We're going to be digging down deeper into that today. And communication is hard, man. It's, it, is, it is challenging. It is. 
people are like the best and the worst at the same time, or maybe it's ourselves. Maybe it's actually sin. Mm. And the way that sin creeps in for for our relationship with others, how we communicate, how we sometimes react versus respond and mm. what we should be doing whenever we communicate. Mm-hmm. To start us out, you know, when you think about communication and the different relationships that you've had in your life, do you see a pattern of people that it's like really easy to communicate hard things to versus other people where you hesitate more or it's more challenging to? Yeah, for sure. I would probably say when I think about individuals that it may feel harder to communicate things to, it's usually because I'm bracing myself for opposition. Uh, whether that's like how strong their reaction may come off or if I feel like they're going to have really strong objections to what it is that I may be trying to put before them. Usually those are the types of conversations that feel harder to have because you're trying to anticipate, you know, the response and you're anticipating the response in light of their character, right? Sometimes. Um, and yeah, and just, you know, coming up with all the scenarios in your head that you want to account for versus conversations that, um, are maybe easier to have may not even necessarily mean that it's, it's something easy to say. Cause even like when you're coming to someone and you're speaking the truth in love or you're highlighting some type of way that they made you feel, it doesn't necessarily mean that it's easy for you to say it. That portion can still be uncomfortable, but it's easier when you feel mm-hmm. like that person is going to be more receptive yeah. because you know their character, you know? Right. Um, so those are kind of the, the two ways that I've seen in my own life, that contrast of approaching conversations do you you mentioned truth and love do you lean towards the truth side more or the love side more I think for for me I I tend to for oh man that's hard but I tend to forget the truth I think and I try to like pursue love more than than anything and like that's important but it's also we need to like have the truth in there in order to to really get yeah. somewhere. So what side do you fall in and how do you approach knowing that you have to speak in truth and love? How do you do that personally? Mm-hmm. So I would say generally I lean towards the truth conversation. Mm-hmm. Like I probably need to like lean into the, I have to work harder to lean into the love side. Okay. Okay. The truth side. Um, and then just approaching those conversations of, with truth and love, I think one of the things that I have to constantly tell myself is that speaking the truth to someone is an act of love, mm. even if it's hard for them to hear. Because if if I need to speak the truth, then it is because there is some type of gap in your reality from where you are versus where you should be, right? And I'm speaking into that from a vantage point that I obviously feel it necessary to point out if I'm bringing the conversation to you. And so in those times that I do feel conflicted or I'm not feeling 
comfortable about the conversation and just am not excited to be having it. I have to remind myself, speaking the truth is an act of love. If I truly love this person, then I want them to know the truth. Uh, mm -hmm. It can benefit our relationship if we both decide to lean in after mm -hmm. the conversation and reminding myself that I'm only responsible for me, not for them. Yeah. If I'm afraid of the response or whatever the case may be, that's actually out of my control. And that's a them problem. Let me just focus yeah. on what I can control, which is my delivery, you know, yeah. and am I pursuing love in this conversation? Am I being open-minded even in your response? Those sorts of things. That's so good because we can oftentimes think about the things we can't control and we get so obsessed with yeah. how they're going to respond, what they're going to do, right? And we don't have any control over that. Right. So um, is there one conversation that you can share with us to kind of give us um, a story of how you approached a difficult conversation, whether it was um, with a loved one or whatever that might be, just to give us some insight on, on whether it was a good turnout or bad turnout, just how that went and learnings from it. Mm hmm. Yeah. So I have my share <laughs> of different different experiences that I could pull from. So I was um, jotting down a few that came to mind, trying to figure out which one I wanted to share about. And I have one that I feel like the spirit has highlighted. So I'll move forward with that one. So this difficult conversation in particular was um, with someone who was a very close friend at the time. And um, we were both kind of in similar seasons of life, um, going through situations that caused a lot of grief, you know, for us both. And um, we're really able to just relate and bond in that specific season <clears throat> even more as friends. Um, but at, at one point, um, it became evident that we were kind of handling our season in very different ways, where I was really trying to stay on the straight and narrow, really trying to pursue God, um, despite the difficult season. And then it seemed like for my friend that like, though she would say that that's what was going on, um, she was just leaning more into sin, <laughs> honestly, to cope with the season. And so um, as she started to just share these things with me in confidence, just as a natural result of the friendship, my alarms just started going off. Yeah. Like, okay, you've said this like one too many times now, you know, I'm just starting to recollect kind of the pattern <clears throat> that I'm starting to see. And so the more and more that I'm kind of taking note of this path that it it feels like she's going down, I'm wrestling with the Lord on like, when is the right time to introduce this? Because I don't yeah. want to be insensitive because this really is a hard season. And I'm walking through a hard season too, but there are ways that her season is harder than mine. And I don't mm. want her to feel like I'm being insensitive to all the different things, you know, that are going on. And I certainly don't want to add to her plate in this mm -hmm. season. Um, so that was part of um, the difficulty of having the conversation. It was also not wanting to come off as being better than because mm -hmm. I wasn't dealing with my grief and my pain in the same way that she was. So I didn't want this to feel like I felt like I was better than her because I'm bringing up how she's responding to the situation. And so um 
I wrestled with that with the Lord way longer than I would have wanted to because my tendency is going to be, let me just get it out. I just don't want to hold it. Let me say it. Carry this yeah. for too long. Yeah. But I just didn't feel released. And I was just like, I'm having to like wrestle with this thing with the Lord way longer than I would have to. And it's uncomfortable for me, you know, at this point. And so I just kept praying like, hey, Lord, if you want me to bring this up, please present the opportunity. Hmm. And so that literally went on for months before I felt that the Lord presented me with an opportunity. And um, eventually, months later, uh, we were hanging out in similar situations. She's opening up about some things that were going on. And I just immediately felt the spirit be like, now. And I was just like, all right, sis, I'm going to have to shoot you straight, like enough already. And it had so much had accumulated that it really wasn't about me getting to my breaking point. It was, okay, I can't, I can't allow this to go on any further anymore without opening my mouth because it's yeah. clear that you're not showing signs of repentance at this point. Mm-hmm. And so I just kind of shot her straight, like, hey, I hear what you're saying. I don't believe it's in line with biblical truth. I don't believe that you're submitted to Jesus as the authority of your life. I think these are terrible decisions that you're making. And you really need to figure out like. Do you want Jesus to be Lord of your life and and have him help you with how you want to figure out this season? Or do you just want to continue to give into your flesh? Because I'm not rocking with the decisions you're making, you know, as your friend. Reassuring her, I get it, you know. I'm not trying to discount this thing, this thing, this thing, this thing. I know that that's all hard. And I also believe that you could be choosing to handle this in a healthier way. Um. That night, as we were having the conversation, it was a lot of flashing. It was a lot of pushback and me having to just stand 10 toes down. Like, I hear you. That's a lot from Satan. Nope, that's not true. Nope, I don't care. You know, I just had to, I felt like she wanted to be comforted, but yeah. I don't feel like me comforting her in that moment would have asked what was what she yeah. needed. It would have just sort of validated her, her sinful yeah. actions. And so... Um, We just kind of left the conversation with me just trying to reassure her that, hey, I'm not, you know, trying to come at you any type of way and those sorts of things, like really just sharing my heart of what I wasn't trying to accomplish in that conversation. If we agree to disagree, cool, I'm okay with that. But I do just think it's important for you to know how I feel as your Mm -hmm. friend. And um, we just kind of left it at there and kind of had that awkward, okay, see you later. You know, I'll go home now (laughs) uh, that night. But And so uh, I think we kind of let things be for a day or so. And then two days later, she texts and said, hey, you know, I know that I had a a really hard time accepting what you had to say. I've had a chance to let that marinate. Thank you for sharing those hard truths with me. So we did get some breakthrough in that. Um, The friendship did eventually come to an end soon after that. And I do think that that conversation contributed to the end of the friendship. Um, Mm -hmm. So, you know, I, I still count it as a win, though, that like, okay, it was just a necessary conversation to be had. And then you you had the decision to do with the information what you choose. When you say that the friendship came to an end, was that like communicated, you know, we're not going to be friends anymore or did it just sizzle out and it was kind of like an unsaid 
and she ghosted me. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So it was one of those things where like, it would be like, oh, you know, after the whole like, cool, so glad you shared that. Great. And then things went back to normal for a little while. And then slowly the, the, um, the communication started to wane in terms of frequency. Yeah. Usually we would be checking in a couple times a week or something like that, popping by the house. Um, and so I would hit her up like, oh, I haven't heard from her and then get no response. And then that happened a few times. And mm -hmm. so then I started to consider like, OK, am I being the best friend if I let this go or am I being the best friend if I pursue harder? And so I started to get advice about it. And all of the wise counsel that I was asking was basically just like, it ain't your responsibility to get her to respond or to rescue her. She got your text. She can text back if she want to talk. Clearly, she don't want to talk, you know. So yeah. I was just like, okay. And so I just chose to not keep pursuing. And in that, literally never heard from her again. Was that, I'm sure that was challenging to you to some extent. It's like you knew that the Lord was calling you to have this difficult conversation with her. And like you felt the spirit move at the appointed time. And you said, yes, okay, I'm going to speak truth to her, and which you did. And for a while there, you kind of remained in contact. And so you're thinking, oh, maybe that was, you know, that paid off. Great. She heard me. She's saying thank you for telling her that, right? And then for her to ghost you later, that was probably confusing or like, did, did you ever question God? Like, why did you have me do that? If the friendship was going to end, would you just share like your emotions around that and your thoughts around that? Yeah. So I think the difficulty and the grief that I experienced through that situation wasn't so much around like the fact that I had the difficult conversation. It was more so about like, why wasn't there more honor for me to hmm. at least let me know like because we have been friends for a long time that was really my beef like I didn't really question yeah. God about having the conversation because I had felt peace about that and because I had wrestled with the Lord for so long I didn't feel this back and forth between like if I had made the right decision maybe if I had like Got pushed it. myself to have the conversation before I felt it I, I may have felt a little bit more of that maybe I ruined it I so I felt solid in the way that I approached the situation and just being led by the spirit I was just more so grieved at how it was handled because I would have felt like given the history and our friendship that you could at least have a conversation right. in things so what did you what did you learn from all this like like we hear your experience and that you communicated something very difficult that the Lord used it for sure. And the friendship ended. So what, what's your big takeaway or what did you learn from, from this? Um, one, I think that was um, one of the first times that I really learned how to wrestle with the spirit over an extended period of time in a situation and be okay with that because because I'm a truth person I like I said I often want to just like let's just nip this in the bud even if it's uncomfortable but I think wrestling with the spirit was actually what aided me in being able to have more peace about the outcome of it because I was willing to yeah. linger in that without rushing into anything so that was a huge lesson for me um 
one of the just life lessons that I was learning at that time was just breaking off idols of uh, people and being a people pleaser. And so that really built my confidence in that area that like, okay, even, even when the outcome is as bad as I would expect, glory be to God, you mm -hmm. know, um, that I can, I can endure through that situation. I can experience that situation and it actually isn't the end of the world. Like yeah. I you know, the scenario in my mind, like I think it's going to be by having the difficult conversation. The worst did come to worst eventually. And the world went on, <laughs> you know, we build it up in our heads. Like, oh my gosh, yeah, life went on eventually. You know, I had right. to jump through it. I had to grieve through it. Mm -hmm. I had to deal with those emotions, but it wasn't as dramatic in, in reality as I made it up to be in my mind. So it's like, girl, it's going to always be okay. Even if it's, it's going to be okay. It's going to be okay. <laughs> so what's one piece of advice other than it's going to be okay that you would give to someone who is wrestling with the Lord, maybe thinking like, oh, I need to have this difficult conversation with a friend or a family member. What, what advice would you give to them? Yeah. Um, I would really say to take some time to really um, introspect and just really talk things out with yourself, talk things out with wise counsel, journal through what you're feeling. Because for me, oftentimes I have to go, okay, why do I feel like it's necessary to have this conversation? Mm -hmm. What's actually bothering me about this conversation? Is this a them problem or is this a me problem? You know, because sometimes I may think that I need to have a conversation with someone else as the problem, but I may just actually need to be more transparent about how their actions are impacting me, not necessarily mm -hmm. that they're doing anything wrong, you know, or something like that. So just taking that needed time on the front end to really do the due diligence of, of thinking about, you know, like all of the different factors with the conversation, because I think that that helps us speak the truth in love when we've done enough thought and introspection to know, okay, this is what I'm bringing to the table. These are the areas that I'm frustrated. I know how I can Definitely. be, how I may have let this linger longer than I needed. These are the things I need to own. And then these are the things that really bother me, you know, <laughs> and this is why, and, and even, taking some time to have that level of understanding. I have to do that a lot in marriage before I go to my husband about something, being sure that I know why it bothers me, not yeah. just saying like, Hey, could you change? But I need you to understand why yeah. it's impacting me the way that it is. That takes a high level of self-awareness to really mm -hmm. dig to the root. It's not just this like thing on the surface, but it's digging yeah. deeper into yeah. the, the why behind it. Mm -hmm. root, which is sometimes painful, yeah. more than likely a lot of the times painful, um, yeah. understanding where we need to have ownership, like what's our responsibility versus the other person's yeah. and not taking that responsibility that's theirs onto us and mm -hmm. trying to control the things that are out of our control, right? Yeah, um, that's, that's what makes relationships so beautiful is that all relationships are a labor of love because you don't have to put in that kind of work. Everybody mm -hmm. can choose to just be like, you know what? No. Yeah. So that's what makes doing community and the fact that God even created us for community and for mm -hmm. relationship so beautiful because we truly do labor in love in relationships. Yes. Together. yes. 
Oh, well said. Well said. If people want to connect with you and follow your journey, um, where can they connect with you on social media? Yeah. So my husband and I have a YouTube channel. Get a little, we get a little crazy out there. Um, and our YouTube channel is a radical relationship. And then we're on Instagram and Facebook at a radical relationship as well. Cool. I'll put those links down below and thanks for just the, the rawness and the, the sharing that you did on today's podcast, because I know that that's like what really hits for listeners is hearing the real stuff. Yeah. Not, not the like glorified, you know, pretty stuff that, that looks good, but the real genuine things. So this is so fun. Thanks for the conversation, Shell. You're welcome. So glad right. to be here. We'll see you guys next time on the Thoughts of Faith podcast. See ya.